This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Last night, Governor Kay Ivey delivered a State of the State address to a room full of state legislators. The governor spoke from inside the Old House chamber after the 2022 legislative session officially got underway on Tuesday in Montgomery. The governor said the economy of the state is strong and brought up a variety of topics, including the use of taxpayer money to rebuild Alabama roads. We are tackling other needed projects to increase capacity, like six-laning I-10 and Westmobile from Theodore to Irvington. And tonight, I'm proud to announce that we will be widening I-59 from Chalkville Mountain Road to I-459 in East Jefferson County, near Trustville, from four lanes to six lanes. Ivy also addressed the longstanding prison problem here in the state. And I have said that to make progress, we must first replace uh, costly and crumbling facilities. I want to commend the men and women of the legislature for joining me on that mission as we move the Alabama prison program across the finish line this past fall. And I am certain this critical step will make a significant difference for decades to come. And improving education in public schools. The governor also did a change of tune when it comes to COVID-19 vaccines and those refusing them. She called the federal mandate an infringement. From the moment the White House rolled out their scare tactic plans, to try to force the COVID-19 vaccine on Americans, I assured the people of Alabama that we were standing firmly against it. And I'll call this nonsense what it is. And that is an un-American, outrageous breach of our federal law. Just five months ago, Ivy delivered a fiery speech to those who did refuse the vaccine. The new cases in COVID are because of unvaccinated folks. These folks are choosing a horrible lifestyle of self-inflicted pain. Folks supposed to have common sense. But it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. Well, it looks like deja vu all over again for Amazon workers in Bessemer. The National Labor Relations Board has now announced a second election to be held on whether or not the Amazon workers at the Alabama facility should unionize or not. The first election was held in the spring of 2021 and was immediately challenged by the Retail, Wholesale and Department Store Union when the voting results came in and were not in favor of unionization. This time, the election will be through the mail, with ballots mailed on Friday, February 4th to those workers at the Bessemer plant and received and counted by March 28th. An administrator within an Etowah County school is now on administrative leave. 47-year-old William Lockridge was indicted and arrested on two counts of first-degree sexual abuse. Lockridge is the assistant principal at the West End High School in Etowah County. School Superintendent Alan Cosby says the Board of Education is aware of the indictments against Lockridge. Court documents do not indicate whether or not the victim was at the school or a student. A federal inmate is sentenced to more time in prison for assaulting a Morgan County corrections officer. Lamond Burns of Alpine was given more than 12 years in prison for the assault of Officer Kathy Evans back in April of 2021. Burns was already jailed for the murder of 22-year-old A&M student Dallas Wolf 
Back in January of that same year, Burns did plead guilty to the assault charges against him in October of 2021. The U.S. Secret Service handled the case, and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Alabama brought the charges against Burns. Well, congratulations to the city of Wetumpka for being awarded the Small Town of the Year. This award was given out by the Governor's Conference on Tourism. Wetumpka experienced a recent makeover by HGTV's Hometown Takeover. The city also has a brand new sports complex and football stadium. Wetumpka Mayor Jerry Willis says the goal is to manage well the successes of 2021 into this new year. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Department of Justice creates a new domestic terror unit. Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson claims this new unit will be used to augment the current efforts going on within the department to fight terrorism. Olson used the January 6th protests in Washington, D.C. as an example of the type of riots this unit will focus on. Olson did not mention Antifa or BLM riots during the summer of 2020, which caused billions of dollars worth of damage in cities across the nation, along with loss of life. Republicans in the Senate questioned the Justice Department spokesperson during a hearing on whether or not anyone has been charged with insurrection from the January 6th event. Olson said he was unaware so far of anyone being charged. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham suggested that Olson redirect his team to the southern border to stop international terrorists from entering the U.S. and causing loss of American life that way. Americans have come to expect political fireworks when two certain people are ever in the same room together, and this latest Senate hearing did not disappoint in those expectations. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci went at it tooth and nail this week at a Senate hearing on the federal health agency's handling of the COVID-19 virus outbreak. Senator Paul started out with copies of emails in hand, and the verbal sparring went from there. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email... That you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it, we got something in Wired magazine. No, 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 I think in usual fashion... Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? Be, you responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article you, you, in Wired, you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them, I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not what went on. You did. There you go again. That you just do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. 
So your desire to take You're down people... You're absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny, you deny, right. but the emails tell the truth of this. No. Dr. Fauci apparently came prepared to hit back at Paul since he held up his own screenshot of Paul's website front page. So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing that your can, colleagues uh, and in a politically reprehensible the only way thing attacked that I their reputation. Okay, you won't we, defend it. No, you won't well, argue it. I'm You'll just simply turn around the attack. We're going to continue this hearing. We yeah. have a number of questions. This is clearly not a good week for Anthony Fauci. Last night, the media group Project Veritas released military documents connected to DARPA. That stands for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Those documents show that EcoHealth Alliance approached the military group and invited them to take part in a gain-of-function research involving bats and coronavirus. DARPA refused to get involved, citing the moratorium on gain-of-function studies and expressing safety concerns over that type of study. The documents also confirm that the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, which was Anthony Fauci at the time, went ahead with the gain-of-function research by moving it to Wuhan, China. These papers gained by Project Veritas were from Major Joseph Murphy from within the Inspector General's Office of the Department of Defense. The president of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, released a video late last night from the halls of Congress. So we're meeting with uh, various senators here in Washington, D.C. after the Anthony Fauci hearing this morning and the Department of Defense documents that we've released showing that he apparently lied in his testimony. Um... Let me just say that I'm not suicidal. I love my life. The American Red Cross is announcing a historic blood shortage across all states. The organization is pleading for more donors. The American Red Cross has seen a 34% decline in donors since the pandemic started two years ago. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1890 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he talks about the politics of COVID. California, headline says, California went from mandating vaccines to forcing COVID-positive healthcare employees to work. I told you last week, did you remember that, about New Hampshire? The state of New Hampshire recently said, if you're COVID-positive but you're a healthcare worker, we need you back at work anyway. And so the state policy is now that. You can be COVID-positive, but if there's a shortage of staff, I don't know, maybe because they fired all the unvaccinated staff, you can go back to work. Well, now California is saying the California Department of Public Health, here you go, has issued new guidance allowing hospitals and health networks to force COVID, to force, oh, I missed that part, to force COVID positive healthcare workers to continue working if they are asymptomatic. Are you, are you, are you seeing, <laughs> where is the congruency? There is zero level of equilibrium in the politics of COVID. Florida, the schools are open and life is good. And AOC wants to go vacation there. New York, they need a passport to go into a restaurant. The Chicago Teachers Union says $2.8 billion was not enough for them to stay open. And California says, look, you can test positive, but if you're asymptomatic, we're forcing you back to work. How does that happen? Um, it only happens when liberals control the politics of COVID. That's, that's, that's where it happens. I'm just telling you. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. 
If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports and notifications straight to your electronic devices, well, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 